Welcome to the Autism Empowerment Podcast, your source for acceptance, enrichment, inspiration, and empowerment in autistic and autism communities worldwide. Wherever you identify in your autism or autistic journey, Autism Empowerment is here to meet you along the way. We are an autistic-led podcast, 501c3 nonprofit charity, and publisher of Spectrum Life magazine. In today's episode, we're commemorating the recent 2021 Daylight Savings Time Change with a show called Spring Ahead with Autism Empowerment. This show will be an update on some recent programming changes we've made at our nonprofit organization and will provide a behind-the-scenes discussion of ways we'll be serving autistic, Asperger, and autism communities in the year ahead. And we're back on the air and hanging out in the studio. Hey there, Karen. Hello, John. How are you handling the recent time change? Well, I'm still trying to catch up on the loss of my hour, my beauty sleep hour, which I need desperately every night. You're handsome and beautiful to me. Oh, that's sweet. But I do get what you mean. It usually takes me about a week or so to get back into a new rhythm. I do love quality sleep when I can get it. Hello, podcast friends. Thank you for joining us here today for the Autism Empowerment Podcast. My name is Karen Krejcia, and I'm the executive director and co-founder of Autism Empowerment and one of your regular hosts. I'm here with my husband, John Krejcia, who is our programs director and other co-founder. If you're a regular listener, this show format is going to be a little different than the majority of our previous shows. We made a decision when we relaunched the podcast to make sure that every few months we give you, our loyal listeners, insight into the inner workings of autism empowerment as a nonprofit organization. There's a lot we'll cover here, so for now I'm going to turn this over to John, who will be asking questions sharing in the discussion, and helping monitor our time together. I'm happy to keep an eye on the clock, even though it's missing an hour. At least I'll keep us on schedule for today. So why are we doing this today? Well, John, we introduced our listeners to Autism Empowerment, the nonprofit organization, in episode number one. For those who didn't get a chance to hear that episode, we invite you to check it out. It's the episode which has had the second most listens so far, And it gives you a little bit about our origin story, which led us to found the organization on June 3rd, 2011. Wait a minute. That means we've been around almost 10 years. Almost a decade since our founding. That's just amazing. Yes. And we'll have to celebrate our anniversary with something special for our community later this year. Although we're based in Vancouver, Washington, and many of our local programs have served the Southwest Washington and Portland, Oregon metro area over the past decade, Our intent from the beginning has always been to be a national organization. The vision we work toward is an inclusive society that promotes a culture of autism acceptance, enrichment, inspiration, and empowerment, and those tie in with our four foundational pillars of accept, enrich, inspire, and empower. However, in order for that vision to come to fruition for all people, we need to be able to share our content locally, regionally, and nationally. With programs like Spectrum Life Magazine and now the Autism Empowerment Podcast, we can reach globally, too. Many of our listeners may not realize this, but in addition to being a nonprofit organization serving the autism community, we're led by the autistic and autism community. What that means is we're autistic-led, we're disability-led, and everybody on our board of directors and in key leadership roles either identifies on the autism spectrum or has family members on the spectrum. They may identify as autistic, they may identify as Aspie, they may identify as the parent of a child or an adult on the spectrum. But we truly believe as a passionate, proactive, and positive autistic and disability-led organization that we should be deeply committed to including people of all ages, ability levels, 
at intersecting identities in the work that we do. So whether someone identifies as a self-advocate, a parent advocate, a family member, a service provider, or an ally, we learn from and value the lived experience of all community members. It's really important for us to be authentic, I believe. And I think that's one way that our organization can show that. Absolutely. It's important that if you're going to be creating programs and services for a particular community, that that community not just has a seat at the table, but they're meaningfully at the table. And it's not one of those situations where, you know, someone of privilege owns the table. It's a table that we come to together. Absolutely. So these updates that we're going to be giving on a regular basis, how can that help further the mission and vision of the organization? So prior to Autism Empowerment, John, you and I were in the for-profit world. So we've had about 10 years of nonprofit experience. But unless someone has had a bit of experience already in that nonprofit sector, they're probably not too familiar with how organizations like ours work and how other nonprofits work. Assumptions can easily be made that are often well-intentioned but incorrect. And we believe that in order for us to grow and to better serve autism and autistic communities, it's beneficial to build trust by being open, transparent, and perhaps vulnerable as well. So we had talked a while back about doing podcast updates every quarter or so in order to make sure that our listeners and the people that we serve who are interested have a behind-the-scenes look at the awesome work being done. They get a glimpse into what our plans are for the future, as well as the challenges that we face. We recently sent out a newsletter to subscribers of our Autism Empowerment email list, and we know that many of you out there are not on that list, so we wanted to share here as well so that you would have our organizational update. One thing that we've said before, very often in our community, is that this organization, Autism Empowerment, is not about the little us. It's not about John and Karen who founded the organization. It's about the big us. It's about everybody within our autism community. It's about everybody who identifies in autistic communities. And truly, in order for us to be able, as a vision, to work towards that inclusive society, work towards a place where all of us have the opportunity to live awesome lives, we need to include everybody in that conversation. I think one of the important things, too, is building bridges. I know we talked about that from the beginning. Yes, there is a lot of divisiveness in the autism community. There's a lot of very different opinions on a lot of triggering matters. And that's not a topic for this particular show. But what we can say to that is that we're here to listen and we're here to provide a platform for different types of conversations. We're a lot more alike than we are different when it comes to our humanity. I believe that truly most people mean well, but there is a lot of difference in our neurological wiring. And so sometimes we need to have conversations to make sure there aren't misunderstandings. We need to advocate for what our needs are. There's just a whole lot of issues that are important that people come together about to learn from. Absolutely. And I think it's important that we hear from our listeners and our readers of the magazine to know what you're thinking as well. We're always looking for that feedback. So as we're recording this, it's mid-March 2021. It's been about a year since COVID-19 ground our country to a halt. Many changes had to happen since then. We thought the timing was right for this update. Yeah, what a year this has been, both personally and professionally. In the past year, so many people in our country, in our world, have experienced challenges and loss. 
In our own family, I became ill with COVID-19 back in March 2020, so it's been about a year, and I was sick for many months. I actually did a podcast on that, episode three, if anybody wants to check that out. And you still have effects from that to this day. I still have long-term effects, and the brain fog is a real thing. The headaches are still a real thing. I don't know how it's going to affect me. The thing is that it has affected everybody in some way. So many people in our autism community have had to be resilient, and it's been difficult. It's been hard. Our students have been out of school. Adults, many of them were laid off or can't find employment. There's depression and anxiety and a whole bunch of different things that are just so difficult to navigate through. For us, Autism Empowerment had to close down all of our in-person support groups and activities and social events We couldn't have our annual picnic or our fundraisers or any of those things, and it felt like the longest year ever. However, we're optimistic and we're hopeful because it seems now that things are starting to look a bit better. Since it's been almost a year since this has happened, we want to make sure that people know where we're at at this point in time. You know, John, when it happened, all nonprofits had to adapt and make service delivery changes. Even all businesses, for the most part, mm-hmm. for-profit or nonprofit. And the thing about for-profit organizations is that a lot of them were able to secure some types of loans or funding because they had paid employees and they were having revenue. And for the nonprofits... There were some types of programs that were available to certain types of organizations, but small grassroots organizations like ours weren't really able to tap into a lot of that. That really doesn't fall into a lot of the different programs out there. There's something to be said about a lot of the community foundations and different places that stepped up to try to support. I'm in a lot of different nonprofit groups on Facebook for executive directors and leaders of smaller nonprofits and even larger nonprofits. It has been difficult across the board. So many of them had to change their service delivery models. Many of them shut down and did not come back. Others had an increased workload, particularly those who were serving people that were either homeless or food insecurities, those types of things certainly with all the racial injustice issues that became more centered in the last year, there's just been so many different areas of need. So what we had to do here at our own organization is take a look and review all of our different programs and services to see how we were best equipped to serve going forward in 2021 and beyond. Being that this is our 10-year anniversary, we thought it was very important to make sure that the work that we do going forward reflects our strengths and our partnerships and our financial resources. So together with the Autism Empowerment Board of Directors, who is just an amazing group of people, many of those who've been with us for a lot of those 10 years, we made the decision to shift the majority of our service delivery focus to creating and producing multimedia content and educational resources for autism and autistic communities. We're also quite involved in advocacy and leadership in a variety of disability-related coalitions in Washington, Oregon, and also nationwide. A lot of people don't realize the the behind-the-scenes of a nonprofit, for example, For our organization, we had our front-facing programs, but then there was a lot of back-end types of coalitions and working together with other organizations that a lot of people never even see. That's a really good point. So John is our programs director. For those who live in the southwest Washington, Portland metro area, 
you would see him out at a lot of different programs and events. And for the first, probably the first six, seven years of the organization, that was where I spent a lot of time as well. It was great to be able to build relationships with people and other nonprofits in the community, connect with families and advocates. But it took up a lot of time and it was rewarding, but we didn't want to reinvent the wheel, do things that other organizations were doing. We wanted to see where we could shine a light on the good things that other people were doing and to be able to promote real change and support in areas that are needed. I think that's why this particular podcast is so important because it is going to be authentic and transparent to our listeners and the people that we serve. Absolutely. And we know that producing content and shining a light on the great work that others are doing is a really big area of strength and opportunity for us. Our philosophy is that we're not competing with other nonprofits. What we're doing is let's work together, build everybody up, right? This isn't a zero-sum game where if one organization wins, another one loses. I know sometimes in the for-profit world, that's quite common, that competition, And in the nonprofit world, it can take place as well. But for us personally, that's never been what it's about because we've been able to meet so many great groups putting together the magazine. And in our days at Autism Empowerment Radio, we just knew that this was an area of strength where we were called to continue. So what I'd like to do is go over each one of our programs one by one. I'd like to start with Spectrum Life Magazine because you serve as the editor of the magazine. For our people out there that are not that familiar with Spectrum Life magazine, episode number two was the episode where we talked all about it. Essentially, it is a print magazine and an electronic magazine that serves the autism community in both the Southwest Washington and Portland metro region. But the content that's contained within is actually applicable to a lot of people throughout the country. We have a SpectrumLife.org website that has all of the past issues and the current issues available to read for free. We also do a blog article for every article that's been published in the magazine in case people would like to read them in that format. Additionally, on our SpectrumLife.org website, we have a resource directory where people can search for providers within their community. We have about 1,200 resources there right now. Most of them are in Oregon and Washington, but there are quite a few that are national and throughout the United States. And of course, anybody who wants to contribute to that directory, if they're a provider that serves the autism community, is welcome to do so and have a listing there for free. So that is at our spectrumlife.org website, and we'll include links in the show notes about that. Our winter issue is currently out now and available, and if you want to read it online, you can do so. When you get to the actual website main page, there will be links, pull-down links for current issue, past issues, find a copy, subscriptions, all those kinds of things. The magazine itself is free, but if you live outside of the Southwest Washington and Portland metro area and aren't able to pick up a copy... We do have a subscription option available, which covers the cost of shipping, and that's $20 a year in the United States. A fun fact behind the scenes is not only do we write, edit, design, and publish the magazine, but we also deliver it too. And our program's director, John. That That would be me. Yes. He has been delivering the magazine since 2016. So yeah, when I delivered the last time, it was very different. We talked about that a little bit in the episode for a Spectrum Life magazine podcast that we did. But it was very different than any other one that I had done before because it was all masked up, very social distanced, and 
all of that stuff. We were able to deliver to about 80% of our regular drop-off locations. So we have over 500 locations that we either mail to or drop off at. This past issue, we were able to get in over 400. That's pretty incredible. Also, I want to mention something. Thanks to the support of our amazing donors and specifically to the Cooney Foundation, we have funding available to mail print copies of the winter 2021 issue to anybody who was not able to pick up a copy due to COVID-19. So if you want a hard copy of that issue and you'd like us to mail you one at no cost, go ahead and email us at spectrumlife@autismempowerment.org, and we'll be happy to get one out to you. That's in the United States. If you're not in the United States, we can send you a PDF. What about the spring issue coming up? The spring 2021 issue is currently underway. We are now working. Woohoo! Yeah, we're working on that behind the scenes, and it's going to be out in mid-April 2021. We're going to be doing a lot of different cross-promotion with the podcast and the magazine. We're also going to be creating more downloadable resources and toolkits in the future. We're really excited now that we're focusing on this content because we're going to be able to expand our offerings and be able to supplement articles with podcasts and podcasts with articles, and it's going to be pretty incredible. So that's pretty cool about that crossover. And that leads into the next area that I wanted to talk about was the podcast, because that was new bringing that back for 2020, 2021, and we're on a pretty good roll now. So let's talk about the podcast. Okay. In addition to bringing back the podcast, we created a brand new website where all of the episodes show notes and transcripts are housed, and that's www.autismempowermentpodcast.org. From there, you can also subscribe to the show through your favorite podcast provider, and we totally encourage you to do that because not only does it give you all this great goodness here in podcast land. You have us. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, that's the big plus, right? (laughs) No, but it also helps other people hear the show I'm not sure how podcast algorithms work in the magic out there, but I do know that the more people that subscribe and the more people that can leave positive reviews, the more that the podcast shows up as an opportunity for other people to listen. And there are quite a few podcasts out there. We certainly would like Autism Empowerment Podcast to be a choice that other people listen to. So thank you for your support in that area. Anything that you can do to share the show and let other people know about it, we will greatly appreciate. So in the past, we had a lot of interviews. Are we going to have that again? Absolutely. In the first few months, though, we're going to be creating content that is reasonably timeless, evergreen, and of broad interest. Some shows are going to be geared toward autistic adults. Some are going to be geared towards parents of children and adults on the spectrum. And then we're going to have a variety of different types of themes. We're also going to be doing short series. For example, we just finished a three-part series on autism diagnosis disclosure in episodes 10, 11, and 12. But for those who are familiar with our Autism Empowerment Radio Show, we did a lot of outside interviews with people that had a connection to the autism community both in the United States and throughout the world. So we're going to be doing quite a few interviews with this podcast too, although we don't expect that to start happening until around mid to late April. We're also going to be cleaning up and rebroadcasting or updating some of our past shows. So why was it important for Autism Empowerment and the board to bring back the podcast? 
We've been wanting to do it for years. When we originally did our Autism Empowerment Radio Show, we had a lot of interest and we had a lot of listens. Then we went dark for six years because we were so involved with so many other local community programs. But we recognized that there was an opportunity in this past year, particularly when people were craving connection and craving content and resources, for us to bring back the podcast and not just reach our local community, but to reach out to people in rural areas, underserved areas, people that were interested in making a connection but didn't necessarily have a means to be able to get to. One neat thing about podcasts is that the content lives online forever. So when we used to do a lot of trainings or we do seminars or webinars, those types of things, they would be one-time events. But with a podcast, we can create something and it's going to live on the internet forever. If somebody sends in a question to us about a particular issue and we've done a podcast on it, we can refer them to that. There's a lot of different benefits to the people we serve, but as a nonprofit organization as well. So that makes a lot of sense why we brought back the podcast. The next program I want to talk about is the Autism Serves Kids Care Club, which has been very near and dear to my heart. The Autism Serves Kids Care Club is a fun, inclusive, autism-friendly volunteering club for kids and teens on the autism spectrum of all ability ranges, as well as their brothers and sisters, peer mentors, and their families. Our first club meeting was back in October 2015, and this is, as John said, truly one of our favorite programs, as well as that of people in our community. What's really cool about it is Kids Care Clubs actually exist around the country through a larger program called Generation On, Points of Light. Ours was the first autism kids care club that was tailored to the autism community. It was piloted locally with an intention of being able to use some of the strategies, visual schedules, all those things that make it more sensory and autism friendly to be able to tie in with other clubs nationwide. And in one of our early years, we actually were chosen as one of the top 10 clubs in the country. Our kids got a grant for that, which was really awesome. I'm going to turn this to you for a moment because you are our programs director and you're the one who is the lead on this program. And to talk about what we're going to be doing now with the Kids Care Club and our volunteerism service programs. I'd be happy to do that. Safety is one of the paramount things that we thought about when we thought about how to bring back this particular club. So what we've done is come up with a three-stage solution. The first stage we're going to do is monthly service projects out in the community that are outdoors, that can be socially distanced, it can be masked, things that can be safely done. The second stage, once things start to open up a little bit more, is to have our monthly meetings outdoors and then also doing our monthly service projects outdoors as well. So those would be the first two stages. What about the third? The third stage we would be doing is moving back to an indoor setting where we're doing our monthly meetings indoors and then doing a variety of service projects, either indoors or outdoors, depending on what theme for that month is. That sounds great. And that 
it's close to what our original format is. We would meet once a month for a couple hours with the kids and the families. And then we'd have different opportunities throughout the month to be able to partner with other nonprofits in the community and to be able to go out and do things in our ambassador for acceptance of all abilities t-shirts. and Absolutely. Yeah, for those who are not that familiar with our Autism Serves Kids Care Club, we have featured it in Spectrum Life magazine, and I will include a link to that in the show notes because it's a really fantastic program. If your child is interested in volunteerism, we can get you some information on how you might be able to get them involved in volunteering through their home. We're also hoping to be back by September if everything works out as planned. We also wanted to give a big shout out and thank you to the Clark County Realtors Association. Yes, thank you, Clark County Realtors Association. With their support, we have been able to provide scholarships for any family that wants to take part in our 2021-22 season at no cost starting in October. So I want to move on to our next program, the Teen and Tween Social Group as well as the support group for parents of teens, tweens, and young adults. This was a monthly activity that we hosted in Vancouver where tweens and teens would gather for games, socialization, crafts, and hanging out. What was cool about the program is that we also had young adult autistic mentors who would be there to assist and provide peer support. This was one of those programs which brought together so many volunteers from our community to make it successful what would happen would be that while the teens and tweens were enjoying social time together, parents would stay on site to socialize and also to participate in a support group, which would often have guest speakers as well. Additionally, we had an autism empowerment, autism and neurodiversity lending library where people could pick up books and other resources. Unfortunately, we're not going to be able to bring back this particular program even after COVID-19 due to a variety of issues. Yeah, this was a really tough decision. We're sorry for any disappointment it may cause, but I think it would be helpful if you shared some of the reasoning that went into our decision so that people could understand better. The health and safety of our children were first and foremost. This was our number one concern without question. With school just starting back up, for the middle school and high schoolers, this is the primary group that we'd served with this particular group. A lot of our families are also high risk. So even with the vaccine and not knowing what's going on, not having our own building, it just would have been too difficult to try to manage, right? Absolutely. And we don't have the same kind of resources that schools and other large organizations have. And to put in all these safety practices and protocols, it'd been too costly. And it wasn't just our decision. It was something that was made upon evaluating the survey responses that we had. Absolutely. And we learned that a lot of the families, including the key volunteers, were not going to be able to return until after a majority of community members were vaccinated. And even then, some of our leads weren't able to return for personal reasons. Also, one thing was space and timing. The group over the years grew quite a bit, and it averaged between about 24, 28 families and often had over 60-plus people per gathering. There was some question on whether or not, with COVID-19 and the changes of the policies of the place that we were having it, if we would need to find a new location that would fit our group dynamics. And that just wasn't something that we had the capacity to do. On the plus side, we are potentially open to supporting another group who wanted to take on a project like this. We'll be talking about social micro-grants a little bit later on in this show. This is something where we recognize that a lot of people in our community enjoyed it, even though we can't 
personally facilitate it. That doesn't mean that someone else out there might not be interested in taking it on and we can potentially support it or share it or do something in that way. Absolutely. So what I'd like to do is now move on to our awe support group and our adult support group and our adult social gatherings. Our awe group stands for Autism We Embrace. Why don't I go over that first? That group has been meeting online via Google Meets and then most recently via Zoom since the middle of last year. The group used to meet the third Thursday of each month, but we've switched it to virtual meetings on the third Tuesdays. Shasti does an awesome job keeping that group together. What's unique about the Autism We Embrace support group is that it brings autistic and non-autistic adults together, single adults, married adults, parents, anybody that identifies as wanting to learn more within the autism community, people that are autistic learn from people who are not autistic, people that are not autistic learn from people who are autistic. It's a really awesome idea that Shasti came up with. Unfortunately, the place that we were holding the meeting, Providence Medical Center, is not allowing outside groups to return for meetings at this time. We expect this to probably continue until at least fall, but we'll continue to work with Shasti in the future to make sure the group is a success no matter what format it is in. If you're interested in potentially participating in the Zoom meeting, We'll put a link in the show notes for you to email shastim at autismempowerment.org so you can get on her list. We actually do have a plan in the future, too, of bringing Shasti on the podcast to talk about the support group. You can also see our articles about the AWE group in Spectrum Life magazine. So what about the Southwest Washington Adult Support Group? Before the pandemic happened, we were averaging about 20 to 30 adult attendees per month. We were hosting that event at Stevens Place, which is a home for adults with intellectual and developmental disabilities. They have been a wonderful partner with us over the years, and we just love being able to have our different support groups and social events out there. But since this group is so much larger, we realized that we were not going to be able to bring it back socially distanced and in masks for quite some time because People wouldn't be able to hear each other. There would be restrictions in size for people to have to sit that far apart. It was really difficult because our adults in the community have been craving connection and support, but we just can't bring it back at this point, particularly because the location is also an assisted living facility or qualified, I believe, that way because there's some adults there that are over 65 and it's just a risk to bring in outside groups. We had to consider so many different things. Dynamics have changed over the times as well. Absolutely. So what we were thinking, since we were having a support group that was meeting the second Friday of each month and then we were also having an adult social group that was meeting every quarter, what we're hoping is that starting in the fall 2021 timeframe that we'll be able to return to serving local adults in the Southwest Washington Portland metro area with a quarterly social game night at Stevens Place. And that would also include the opportunity for people to get together for small informal support. It wouldn't be a facilitated type of group like we had previously because the optics of that just don't work right now. However, it would provide that opportunity for those who want it to have some socialization. So it sounds like, wait for it, a hybrid? 
Oh, gosh. Yes. Hybrid. Ter- the term for 2020, 2021, uh, right? Yeah, hybrid. Return to hybrid groups. Yeah. And we would also be bringing out Spectrum Life magazines. We would be bringing out books from the Autism Empowerment Lending Library. We want to support people who would normally attend those groups, but it's going to be looking different in the future. So what can they do in the meantime as far as support? We do have a Facebook page for both the Autism We Embrace group as well as the Southwest Washington Adult Support Group. Within there, we have been including links to other autism Facebook groups as well as some other organizations who have taken on bringing back together people for small social gatherings or online Zoom meetings, those kinds of things. So even though it's not going to be something where autism empowerment is going to be facilitating a support group in the near future, we can help direct people to other places where they might be able to find that support and that socialization for themselves or for a loved one. So that was a very important update. So thank you very much for that. So moving on a little bit, what about our other group services and special events? Right now we're doing evaluations on events, programs, fundraisers, services, those kinds of things. We used to do quite a few events In fact, those who've been with us for a while might remember we did an egg hunt for acceptance of all abilities, and that brought out over 12, 1,300 people. And that was extra special. Oh, my goodness. As we're coming up on Easter, that was exceptional. (laughs) (laughs) But we'd have an egg roll. That sounds like something you would eat. That's Chinese food. We would roll out the first egg. Oh, it was a lot of fun. We used to do a lot of exhibiting. We would also do trainings and sensory events and jump nights and sensory-friendly movies, events at the zoo, Gamerama, all these different types of things, and we're not able to do that right now. So what we're looking forward to doing in the future, we're not going to be focusing on big events. That's not going to be our focus, but we certainly will promote events that other disability-related organizations within our community hold. However, we do look forward to bringing back our annual summer picnic in 2022. Yay! Yay! As well as other things as well. And since our 10-year anniversary is coming up on June 3rd, we may do some sort of virtual Facebook Live or some sort of virtual celebration in that way. Between the two of us, John is the social butterfly. So you may see him out in the community at different events promoting Spectrum Life magazine the podcast and autism empowerment and autism acceptance in general. So earlier on, you mentioned these social microgrants. What is that? This is exciting. This is something new that we're going to be doing. It's our way of being able to say we still want to serve the community, but we recognize, John, that you and I are going to be doing our focus on creating content through the magazine, through podcasts, through toolkits and other types of formats But we want to make sure that the people out there that enjoy that in-person connection or leadership and advocacy types of gatherings in person get support too. We often hear requests from people within our community that want to connect for social service and support types of activities. So what we're thinking is that if there's enough interest from community members and funders and donors, we're exploring the opportunity of offering small micro-grants. This might be something for people who are seeking to organize an event, an outing, or an advocacy opportunity. It could potentially include starting a game night or a support group. So depending upon interest and funding we can raise, we're hoping to have something in place where we can have an application for micro-grants either late 2021 or early 2022. 
2022. So that's exciting. Yeah, I am so jazzed about this. I really am because we've always wanted to be able to empower other people to take the lead on their own passion projects. We know we have a lot of awesome volunteers in this community. We know we have a lot of people that have really great ideas, but it can be very difficult to sometimes find that startup funding or to be able to find enough volunteers to get something going. So we encourage our community members who've been eager to do something like this to be thinking about what might be of interest. We recognize that we're probably not going to be able to have the money to fund everybody's programs, of course, unless uh, money starts falling out of the sky for us. However, we're planting those money trees. Yes, yes, yes. But what we will be doing is we'll probably be starting in the southwest Washington, Portland metro area. But our hope and our plan is that we can be able to expand this further on nationwide. We will also include resources for entrepreneurs or for advocates or people who want to do this kind of thing to be able to find some other seed money and other grants that might be available elsewhere as well. So we're really jazzed about that. Well, I'm super excited that we were able to do this update today and that we are going to be doing this on a regular basis. I think being transparent and authentic is so important for those in our community. Before I turn this back over to you, I'd like to thank our listeners today for listening and for subscribing. And now, Karen, back to you. Thank you, John. We're going to be doing these updates every quarter, every two to three months or so, or any time that there's real important information that we want to share. We are so excited to be able to do this with you. It's not about the little us. It's not about me or John. It's about the big us together as a community. We're stronger together. We all have the power within us to be ambassadors for autism acceptance and ambassadors for acceptance of all abilities. Now that you've had an opportunity to learn a little bit more about autism empowerment behind the scenes, we hope you'll join us in our vision of building a more inclusive society where autistic youth, adults, and families are accepted, valued, respected, and have the opportunity to live awesome, meaningful lives. We recognize that autism is a journey for you. It's one for us as well. And at Autism Empowerment, we're here to take that journey together and meet you along the way. We appreciate you hanging out with us and thank you for your time. You've been listening to the Autism Empowerment Podcast. If you'd like to get connected with our community, as well as all the great support and content we have planned for the future, please hit the subscribe button and visit www.autismempowermentpodcast.org for show notes, transcripts, social media details, Spectrum Life magazine, and more. As a 501c3 nonprofit charity, we rely upon support from listeners like you to produce our podcast and other programs. We appreciate you leaving a positive review, sharing with your friends and family, and considering a tax-deductible donation today. Thank you again.